Hello and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we have season six, episode five of Will and Grace, A Story, B Story. You know how I love a good A story and a good B story. I mean, it is kind of nice of them to validate our use of A and B to distinguish between the plots of the episodes. Mm-hmm. That was that was good of them to do for us. For those of you who haven't been following along perhaps quite as closely yet, the B in B story is like an actual B, but like, not like a buzzy B. Like a spelling B. Right, which is one of the plots this week. Mm-hmm. And the other plot is, well, it's the A story. Yeah. So uh, let's give the episode description and then we're going to jump right in. Alrighty. Will takes Leo on shopping sprees and for high tea to help him rekindle his love of the city. Karen coaches Jack for the annual Gay Spelling Bee. (laughs) Okay, so my favorite part of the annual Gay Spelling Bee was how much it reminded me of the Drag Race All-Stars episode where they had to, like, make their own nightclub because the nightclub The Hive had a strip spelling bee. Yes. And that was really great. And then it also reminded me of the existence of Club 96. (laughs) You are such a fan of Club 96. I hated everything about Club 96 except the part where they just kept saying, Club 96. That was pretty great. Um, I actually thought the description kind of made this episode come off a little better than it actually did. Yeah. Like, the the context that you are missing in that description is that Leo, because he's just a complete disaster, wants to go to Doctors Without Borders again. This man has quit and rejoined Doctors Without Borders at least three times now since being on the show, which has only been for two seasons. Admittedly, in retrospect, saying that Leo is a Doctor Without Borders is a pretty accurate estimation of his character from a boundary (sighs) standpoint. I just, I'm very frustrated with this as a person because he and Grace had a discussion in which he realized that he didn't want to leave her and so he wasn't going to go back to Doctors Without Borders. And then it's been, like, uh, all of two episodes, and now he is itching to get back to it. Now, one caveat that we discovered after watching this episode that does put a little bit into a different context is that this is the season where Deborah Messing is pregnant. Yes. Um, So we did a little internet sleuthing, because we were like, this is a weird episode, and we should find out why Deborah Messing is, like, Mm going to be off the show. So what we discovered is that she had morning sickness... So bad. Needed bed rest. The mm-hmm. scenes where she's in this episode are shot at her house, which I think is hilarious That's and amazing. That's sort of adorable that she was so committed to work that even though she was on bed rest for morning sickness, she's like, nope, come film me in my PJs. Also, like, as a person, I would love it if uh, Eric McCormick and Harry Connick Jr. came and snuggled me in my bed while I was feeling ill. Could I opt out of Harry Connick Jr.? Like, nothing against him personally. I just... I associate his face so much with my hatred for Leo that I don't think that the snuggling would be good. He's pretty cute. I wouldn't say now I could get over it because it's been like 10 years, but I think in the early 2000s I could get over it. I suppose that's fair. And he probably could use a haircut. Maybe if he he let me be the big spoon. And if he wasn't talking. If he was just physically there there. touching me. Yes. I think we're having different fantasies. What's your fantasy? We're not having sex. I'm also not having sex. You seem a little. I feel like ill sex. in this fantasy scenario. Why is your fantasy that you feel ill? I thought we were just cuddling. No, the scenario is. <sighs> Moving on. Obviously, as I was experiencing Mpreg, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I've got some really bad morning sickness." I wish Eric McCormick and Harry Connick Jr. would come cuddle me. I wouldn't want them to fuck the morning sickness out All of right, me. All right, let's just take a brief moment to discuss Mpreg now that you've brought it up. Let's not. Let's take a brief moment. Are they supposed to develop a butthole birth canal, or is it always a C-section situation? I think it depends on the scenario. Good to know. Mpreg writers, if you're listening, we'd love to hear your take on this. We really wouldn't. I want to know. Tell me. 
Tell me. I, I think the problem with this is really just that obviously Deborah Messing should be allowed to go on bed rest. Yes. But I wish that the writers had come up with something a little bit more in keeping with the plot they've already established. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that we have different opinions clearly than the showrunners on Leo. Leo. <laughs> just in general. I mean, I don't know that we can officially assume that the whole Cambodia plotline was because Deborah Messing was pregnant. I think that... But something is clearly at play there. But something something changed the way this episode was happening. Yes. Because of that. And so instead of getting, you know, like Will and Grace as characters, we mostly get a Will and Leo bro date. And it's it's sort of strange. Yes. It could have been good. Yeah. It's just, it's weird because part of it is that to get the comedy of Will taking Leo places Leo doesn't want to go and Leo taking Will places Will doesn't want to go, you have to like suspend your disbelief and make it so that these people don't know each other at all. It's, yeah, I mean, like, they've been in each other's lives for, like, a year now, and clearly they are not, like, close friends by any measure, but Will is Leo's wife's best friend. Like, it's kind of hard to believe that they would have such wildly different conceptions of what was good about New York. Right. Although, I guess, from my perspective, I really do admire Will because this is essentially his pitch to keep Leo from wanting to go to Cambodia. Right. He's, like, trying to keep everything chill and mm-hmm. in New York and good for grace. Yep. And as someone who has a very good friend, I would be very upset if you didn't try and convince my partner not to move to Cambodia. Well, th- that's the thing is that Will is not actually being a good friend in this episode, I don't think. Yeah. Because he doesn't tell Grace that this is happening. Yeah. He doesn't even, like, warn Grace. He's like, here, Leo, here's how you can trick Grace into letting yeah. you go to Cambodia. Yeah, kind of where it took a turn for me. Like, I think the show so frequently throws Grace under the bus in the original series that, like, it doesn't even think twice about Will doing it. You know, yeah. like... Will's point is, well, I don't want to be inconvenienced by Grace being sad that you are in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make you stay here. And barring that, I'm going to tell you how to make it as easy as possible so that I'm not very inconvenienced. Right, yeah. And it's just, it's it had all of the potential to be, like, a good friendship motivation. Mm-hmm. And it had all of the potential to, like, I mean, even if Leo had been trying harder to enjoy the city, you know? Like, they did three things, and then mm-hmm. in the middle of a hockey game, he's just like, nope, I gotta go to Cambodia. Like, yeah. fuck you, you didn't even try! And again, this plotline is clearly affected by the fact that Deborah Messing can't be in scenes. Right, because she can't get out of bed. Right. She's vomiting. But, that doesn't excuse the result to mm. a certain extent. I mean, yeah. the whole plotline is rotten. It's not... Ruined because Deborah Messing can't get out of bed. Right. The whole thing needed a, a, a vast overhaul. Yeah. Um, and it's just... The resolution is that Grace decides to go to Cambodia with Leo. Which, again, I'm sure there's some maternity leave issues at play there. But it's just so weird. I just... It is a, a very wildly out of character thing for her to do. Like, we already did this. Yeah. We already had the episode where Grace is like, well, you're going back to Doctors Without Borders. I'll go with you. And then at the end of the day, she She's realizes, like, nope, that's a bad I idea. I don't want to live in the third world. Like, right. And like her whole point is that she needs to try in order to make her marriage work. And the show just kind of nicely skips over the fact that, hey, the reason your marriage isn't working is because your marriage doesn't work. Right. I mean, like, they're, they're supposed just to ignoring been, that. They're supposed to have been married since what? Season five, partway through? Yeah. So they've been married for, we'll say, a year. Ish. In TV time. Maybe a year and a half, if we're being generous. Leo has been doing Doctors Without Borders stuff for at least six or eight months of that time. Yeah, he's been gone for most of their marriage. And I, I'm sure the show is doing more than just, 
You know, you know what I mean? Like, they can't keep hitting this beat over and over again unless they're trying to do something with it. Um, and we obviously know that Leo and Grace's relationship is not forever. Yes. Um, but it's just, it's frustrating to see it develop this way without any actual interaction between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a casualty of the fact that, you know, Leo is not in as many episodes as, like, a leading character could or should be. Right, which, again, we're also kind of grateful for because we sort of Right. Him. But this is something that sitcoms do that, um... Sorry, I'm going to say that again. This is something that sitcoms do that I actually always fi- kind of find frustrating. Um, and I actually, I remember taking a screenwriting class in college where, like, I deliberately built in, like, I did a season pitch where, like, there was the build-in for, like, a character who was in a sitcom to be swapped out at the end of the first season. Because that's not something that sitcoms do. Yeah. Like, it's very rare for a sitcom to deliberately add or subtract a character from the main core roster, unless there's, like, a really fundamental change. Mm-hmm. At least if sitcom, like, Will and Grace. Right. Um, you know, like, if there's a, a behind-the-scenes thing, sometimes people get swapped out. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, like, there's a really big fan reaction to a character, sometimes people get swapped in. Um, but Will and Grace has historically been, considering that it is a sitcom with only four main characters, extremely resistant to introducing a fifth character to the show. Right. And, like, the thing is, while we don't like Leo, Leo would have been a perfectly logical choice Mm -hmm. for a fifth character to bring in. They could have fleshed him out. They could have made him likable. They could have made him funny. And And sometimes Leo actually interacts well with the other characters. Right. But it just, it doesn't work enough of the time for it to be, like, a permanent uh, like switch it which makes sense that they didn't do it that way it doesn't mm-hmm. work all the time right but that being said because it doesn't work now we're kind of subtracting grace from the narrative for a little while right she's a casualty of this and i find that very frustrating the show is called will and grace it's not called will jack and karen that is so true yeah grace has really been kind of sidelined ever since leo got brought on yeah but at least at the beginning that was like a plot point right now it's just like a structural inequality of the show right and i'm getting pretty tired of it and for the most part most of grace's plotlines in this season um since season five since her marriage have in some way had to do with leo Mm -hmm. and that i also find very frustrating that yes when you get married your life changes and yes having some life-changing marriage plotlines is funny but Mm -hmm. a lot of those plotlines have also been leo wants to go off to xyz country and grace has to deal with that and it's like how many times are we going to do this plot where you're going to sacrifice this character's development and her humor and her comedic timing in order to hit again that harry connick jr scheduling conflicts means that he has to be in doctors without borders some more right i just i feel frustrated with the plot line that's happening on the current season of will and grace but i feel like noah's being handled so much better by comparison yes where he is clearly fundamentally important to Grace, mm-hmm. but Grace isn't defined by her relationship with him, and he, right. she's not pulled off from the rest of the characters. Right, she has her own plots that involve him yes. in some particular and way. I think that's part of the, the flaw in Leo, is that they get married so quickly that because it's the early 2000s, it necessitates that Grace leave the environment that she's living in right now. Mm-hmm. They don't move in across the hall. They move to their own place because it's expected that you're independent and you set up your own this and that. Like, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't really make sense that they didn't move in together. Mm-hmm. In the same building, I mean. Like, right. It would have made more logical sense from a unity of time and place for Jack to move in with Will. Genuinely funny development. Mm-hmm. And for Grace and Leo to have Jack's old apartment. Yeah. Like, I mean, think of the episode where they discover all of Jack's sex toys alone. Right. That would have been wonderful. Again, not possible in 2004. Again, yes. But, you know... Th- 
There were so many ways in which they could have made that better. They could have made the structure more mm-hmm. sound. They could have incorporated Leo as an actual character. And instead, because he's gone all the time, all of Grace's plots are about how he's gone, mm-hmm. and all of his plots are about how he's leaving again. Yes. And so then we have this again. The entire plot with like Will trying to pitch New York to him is just... I want to go to Cambodia. There's no war here and it's boring. And it's right. just like, bitch, you are literally three years post 9-11. You can't even say that. <laughs> Manhattan is still fucked up. Like, you're yeah, stupid. Well. You are stupid, Leo. <laughs> go treat cancer patients in the World Trade Center. It's a frustrating development that mm-hmm. happens. And being the one who's watched the entire show, I know how this resolves. And it ain't good. Ugh. It's not great. That's not good. Literally not good. It's literally not good. And so, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to know that that's the bit of the show we're embarking on, especially because the start of the season started off very well. Mm-hmm. And, like, even Leo wasn't so bad at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, though. He wasn't. Remember the episode where his ex was also Will's one-night stand-up? Oh, such a good episode. Oh, it feels like it was so long ago now. It, it was does. just, like, a few episodes back. I feel like every episode of this season has been, like, something that happened in 2016. Yes. Or 2017. We're just like, we're that like was the last, year is just like that was last week, right? Oh shit, no, that was two years ago. Like, <laughs> we're just like, no time. Let's talk about Karen and Jack's plot line. Oh my god. Okay, so my favorite thing about this is Jack comes over to Will's place to pitch to him that he's going to coach Jack to prepare for the gay spelling bee. Which makes sense. Will is intelligent. Jack is not. Uh, Will probably knows how to spell things. Yes. And uh, Will says no. Right. But then he pitches it to Leo because. Reasons. I guess Leo's a doctor, so he perhaps m- mistakenly believes that Leo is intelligent. <laughs> and Leo says no because he's all tired out from the bisexual hog calling contest, which I would actually attend if it was a real thing, <laughs> but it's not. So then moving on, Karen walks in. Literally, he doesn't even get out what he's asking for. She's like, okay. She's just game. She's just super into it. And that's really great. It doesn't really make sense that Karen would be involved in this plotline, but it's yeah. really great that she is. I mean, yeah, objectively, we don't know if Karen is, like, a good speller. She's just a good friend. She is a good and friend. And isn't that really more important? Not really with the spelling bee, but no, I guess it's she not. has I the flashcards. Being better at spelling would be better. You're right. Um, Yeah, but it's really great because at first her coaching strategy is to get Jack to picture places where these gay words for the gay spelling bee mm-hmm. have appeared so that he can remember how to spell them. Yes. That seems like a pretty effective strategy until she gets super bored and thinks that they should just cheat. <laughs> um, to Jack's credit, though, he doesn't really do that. Yeah. Like, he genuinely, like, puts in the time, yeah. does the work. It's actually very out of character for him, but we love it. We love it. And so, yeah, there's also a beautiful scene in which um, doily is one of the words, and then he asks Karen to use it in a sentence, and you can see that neither of them know what the word doily means. They don't know means, what the word doily it's means. it's amazing. Well, I shouldn't say that. They agree on what the word doily means. They are wrong. But they do not have the right word. No. Yeah, I still like, don't know what they mean. They were saying something like he was walking very doily, and it's like, no. I think they think <laughs> it means like, you know how people who are gay but have come out of the closet walk with kind of like a very confident, like, yeah, I did it. Like, I think that's their definition of doily. It's the butt plug Because they kind of do this thing, they kind of do this thing with their arms, uh-huh. and they're walking, I don't know. It's the butt plug walk. Yeah, it's the butt plug walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very doily of you. Yeah. Very doily. Doily, doily. Doily, doily. Let's go put that in Urban Dictionary. Dalton doily. Nope. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but Jack is really good at the spelling bee. I mean, yeah. it helps that the words are not very hard right. most of the time. They're just gay. They're just gay. So, like, he has to spell, like, degenerous. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, 
What's the other one that he has to spell? Uh, Taffeta? Taffeta, yep. Um, in some deleted scenes or scenes that are in an earlier cut, he spells like... Uh, Christina Aguilera is Christina Aguilera is dirty, dirty yeah. With like the three R's or whatever. He spells it GQ. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Good one. Um, so it's not an episode where Jack is a bumbling idiot. No. And it's very nice... It's very surprising how nice that is, and it's very nice how surprising that is. Yeah, and so then we kind of get to the the pinnacle of the critical intensity that is the spelling bee, and I'm going to try that whole thing yeah, again. Yeah, can you just make those go away? I, I can't see what's happening. Like I'm the one doing this, but it's definitely not me. I understand. Maybe with a little less violence. Okay, I, I put them away. Thank you. Okay. So we kind of reach like the climax of the tension of the spelling bee, mm-hmm. and Jack is asked to spell the word maitre d after his opponent breaks down trying to spell the word, what was it like? Disinherited. Yes, thank you. And, Which was really on the nose. And so Jack is struggling to spell maitre d because that's kind of an unfair It's a hard word. word. That's I the mean, hardest word we've gotten. It's also French. Like, I, like, even I am like, okay, how do you spell maitre d? Like, I'd have to write it down, you know? Yeah. But so Karen, watching him struggle, decides that she needs to help. And so she starts, like, yelling out letters. (laughs) And, like, at first she's kind of trying to cover it, like, E, a mouse, or whatever. But then she's just like, I! Um, And then she's escorted from the building as hag number 12, because... Poor hag number 12. She was, um, you know, she was really violating the Grace Adler Ordinance of being 10 feet from the stage at all times. <laughs> they literally call it the Grace Adler Ordinance, which I appreciated mm-hmm. very much. Um, so she she's escorted from the building, and then, you know, she comes to Jack to apologize later and um, say that she, she didn't really want... She understood why he didn't want to cheat, and that yeah. she respected his integrity, and she was sorry that he lost, and he's like, bitch, I won! <laughs> It's so cute, too, because he's so excited. Yeah, he won Travel Scrabble and uh-huh. a one-night lease of a of a, of a trophy, yes. which was nice. Um, but also a good opportunity to mention some jokes that this episode did, which just kind of were... They don't they don't work in 2019. Right. They they don't work at all. So we we kind of use uh, an inappropriate term for transgender folks mm-hmm. um, several times. Right. Uh, several different terms. Um they kind of fall into the RuPaul trap of something that was considered funny, but is actually very gauche yes. and a big faux pas these days. Yes. So we're not going to repeat those words. But, we're but just it's gonna... an interesting trap that they fall into in yeah. this very gay positive episode. Yeah, it's a wildly gay positive episode, but it also kind of goes to show that in the early 2000s, the LGBT community was really just the LG community. Mm-hmm. Like the BT was sort of like tacked on there, but... As you can see, like, they're being blatantly transphobic in some of their mm-hmm. jokes this episode. Yep. And the bisexual thing is really only thrown in. And then the hog calling thing, which isn't really representation in any way. Right. That was weird. I didn't really understand how bisexual and hog calling went together. I don't know. I'd be into it. But, you know, I don't get it. You know? Like, I'm confused. As you a, use your finger guns? Like... Maybe it's, like, the best way that you can be like, Sue! Finger guns! <laughs> or something? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know a lot about hog calling. I think you just make hog noises until everyone makes you stop. Oh, God. Now I'm just thinking of that old school Geico commercial that they keep replaying where it's like, wee, 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 with the little picky crying wee, wee, wee. Oh, no. We all know. We all know. Maxwell. We're here. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. This episode, it, the, for as good as this plot is, it does kind of, like, 
shoot itself in the foot a little bit there because it, right. it just you watching it now it it is not as amusing. It takes you out of the moment, you yes. know, like because those jokes are just genuinely offensive. And if only we could have just appreciated all people earlier. Yeah, the episode is actually it's not exclusively mean spirited in that way. Like yeah. there is a, a mean spirited undertone to a lot of the the back and forth. It's just it's. I feel like Will and Grace can get away with being a little mean-spirited when it's making fun of other gay people. Yeah. But as soon as it moves outside of those parameters, it gets really uncomfortable. Right. Like, it kind of started with, there's a bit where Jack is saying that, like, he he doesn't like it, that Karen is sort of assumed that he's, like, a hysterical crying gay man stereotype. And then it immediately cuts to Will hysterically crying over the fact mm-hmm. that Grace is about to leave. And then... Like, Karen tries to, like, reiterate that joke by being like, oh, yeah, it's sort of like saying certain religions have certain qualities. And then uh. in that same moment, Leo, a Jewish character, is like, oh, there's my penny being extremely miserly and right. cash grabbing. And it's just, it was just like, hey, now's not a good time for playful anti-Semitism because it's not playful. It's just anti-Semitic. It's like Coco Chanel always said, make sure you take off at least one anti-Semitic accessory before you leave the house. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because the sh- the show kind of also tries to have its cake and eat it, too, with Grace and Leo being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen Grace eat pork right. or go kosher, celebrate Christmas, you know. Yes. She's only Jewish some of the time. And usually at her own, own expense. Right. And so the fact that whenever it's brought up, it's, like, mm-hmm. making fun of Jews is, again, one of those things that, like, maybe it was more okay in 2004 to make fun of Jews, but now there's Nazis again. So it's, right. like, it's not funny. Right. For us, we're just like, oh. Right. Well, that's uncomfortable. Well, and I think here's probably the difference. I would suspect that there are probably plenty of Jewish writers on the Will and Grace staff who, like the gay writers, feel comfortable pushing that line a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's a show that was, I assume, recruiting writers from a large city. I would certainly hope so, at least. places like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where there is, like, no But here's the thing, is that the show is about its gay characters in a way it's not about About its its Jewish characters. Which is not to say that it's not important... That those characters are Jewish. But it's just that there are very there aren't any episodes that are specifically about like Grace's Jewish identity. Right. Like Will and Jack can well, in the early episodes, sometimes be gay when it's not part of the joke. Right. But Grace is only Jewish when it's part of the joke. Right. And Leo is only Jewish when it's part of the joke. Right. I mean like genuinely, if they hadn't worn Yamakas at the wedding, I mm-hmm. I feel like we could have skated past that as if right. it didn't matter. Yep. And it's it's a little bit frustrating that it's it's usually only used for a joke. Yes. And it's not a character trait. Yeah, it's not like an inherent part of the character. It's mm-hmm. just something that gets brought up to be like, ha ha ha, Jews. And sometimes the fact that Grace is bad at being Jewish is a character trait. Right, and I That's think, more consistent, I think. Right, that's a bit more consistent. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's sort of like, it wouldn't be, for like we were raised Catholic, it wouldn't be offensive to us to like show someone who's bad at being Catholic. Like right. we would find that hilarious. Right. Like. Because that's just us, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that if they if they were more consistent about the way they hit that beat, it mm-hmm. might work better. But I don't know. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we have for this week. Yeah. Tess, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us on social media? I will. So, if you want to find us, our main social media is our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. In addition to posting about this podcast, we also live tweet every episode of the Will & Grace Revival um, we use the hashtag Will and Grace. Sometimes the Will and Grace official Twitter retweets us, and we're very flattered. Um, Sometimes Brian Jordan Alvarez retweets us, and we're yeah. very, very flattered. We are. If you don't know who Brian Jordan Alvarez is, yes, you do, because he plays uh, Jack's unfianced. 
He he, uh, he plays Estefan. Fiance. <laughs> he plays Estefan, uh, which is Jack's uh, Brazilian flight attendant fiance, mm-hmm. and he's yes. great. Um, he also made a web series called The Game Wonders Life of Ca- Caleb Gallo, which is how I first was introduced to him, and um, so I was very excited when he was on the show. So, anyways, <laughs> the point is Twitter. We're on Twitter. <laughs> Um, but we're also on Facebook and Tumblr, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. Wonderful. Thanks so much for listening to us, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Will and Grace. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben, not a couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. Thanks for listening. This episode of Not a Couple was sponsored by the 68th Annual Bisexual Hog Calling Contest. Yeah.